everybody and welcome to Queening Out. I'm Joseph Shepard. And it's your girl, Miss Laganja Astranja. And each week we um, chop up the lovely series of All Star 7 All Winners Laganja. We are in our final two episodes. How are you feeling? You know, I am feeling so excited to review this episode. This was an amazing episode. You know, I like to say that I am one of the queens of talent when it comes to RuPaul's Drag Race. So I was so excited that we finally got a talent show to really see what each of these individuals bring to the stage. Because I think as drag queens, while we may act and promote and do these things that we see on Drag Race, mostly what we're doing is lip syncing and showcasing our talent every single night. So I find this challenge to be one of the most important, if not the most important. Well, let me ask you, if you were on season six and let's say that your first episode was an actual talent show and you could show off what you could do, what would your talent have been? Well, I think it would be something similar to what I'm doing on Work the World right now, which is definitely a lip sync using my original music, but also showcasing the different forms of dance that I do. So mm -hmm. definitely, you know, incorporating some hip hop, some jazz and of course, contemporary, because that's my real passion and my true love. So showing people all the different types of dance styles that I can do. So would it be to a Laganja track, though? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think I would have a mix that would incorporate a Laganja mm. track because as I've learned, even though I love my music, a lot of people don't know it. So you still want to have those popular songs that gets the audience hype. Um, but I like to, you know, throw in my song maybe over another popular beat so they might recognize the beat, but not, you know, recognize the actual lyrics. So that way it's a little a mix of both. Can I tell you what my favorite song of yours is? Please. I love working out to look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. That song with, what's his name? Jay, um... Jay Tyler. Oh! It is a moment. And that is well, thank such you. a good workout song. Thank you. We just hit over a million streams on that song, so I'm very proud of Stop. that. Definitely hoping that my other songs will continue to rise up on the charts. And as always, stay tuned for more music. I have another single that I've been sitting on for quite some time, mm. over a year now. So hopefully Daily Basis will be dropping very soon with a music video. Yeah, and I also saw you in Alaska performing at the Out, um, the Outfest, right? That's right. I literally left the tour, flew home for a day, performed at Outfest for the premiere of our new movie, God Save the Queens, which I'd never seen before and finally got to see, which I got to just say, it's uh, really great. I'm not just saying that because I'm in it, but it's it's a really great movie. And so we opened up the festival by performing our song, Give Me All Your Money. And we raised money for a charity that's very near and dear to my heart, which is known as the Trans Latina Coalition in Los Angeles, helping my trans brothers and sisters and my, of course, gender non-conforming folk in the greater Los Angeles area with an emphasis on Aww. Latinas, but still open to all. So it's, it's a beautiful organization, Alaska, and I raised several hundred dollars. So it was a meaningful moment and it was also a lot of fun. And you did good. So at the end of the day, you fucking killed it. Thank you. Speaking of money and charities, that's what the girls are doing this week. Um, they have their talent show. 
They're going to be whoever gets in the top two. The winner of the top two will get $30,000 to their charity that they chose. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to go into our inbox. I'm going to read this little message that we have. This is from Mr. Norris. Hi, Total Beauties. You beautiful people make my day. I so enjoy the Queening Out podcast. Joseph, you're so cute and glowing. Laganja, I want to say, when I saw you on the original RPDR series, I fell in love with your isms, your phrases, and your enthusiasm. I wonder if you have any thoughts about so many comedians, other queens, and other media personalities using your phrases and pops of color in their own bits as punctuation. If I recall correctly, on the original show, so many people tore you down for that. For me, you have always and continue to turn it out. Your artist friend here in Fort Worth, Texas, TJ. Oh, we got a Texas double dollar sign yes. friend in the house. Well, thank you so much for your kind message. I couldn't agree more with you. People definitely hated on my lexicon on my season. And then a year later, they were all using it. So uh, I just think that that shows being ahead of your t being ahead of your time isn't always necessarily a good thing. I feel that's kind of been a problem in my career is that I'm always kind of ahead of the curve. And really, mm -hmm. you want to be with the curve. You want to find a way to be giving the people exactly what they want when they want it. And I tend to give people what they want, not when they want it. So it's definitely <laughs> been, uh, you know, something that I've struggled with, but I'm just grateful that in the end it's come around and to my favor. And, you know, when RuPaul was on the Oscars and used my phrase, it was just a, a real reassurance that I am sickening and that I don't need to worry about those who may not be on the same wavelength as me. And I just got to continue being myself because at the end of the day, that's what I've always been, even since season six. Of course, I've matured and grown, but I've always been me. I've always talked crazy. I've always said, yes, God, when I'm with my friends and yes, mama. And that's never going to change because life is too short to talk plainly. I like to spruce it up, uh, flower it up, literally flower it up. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just who I am. That's how I was, I was born and, and I'm never going to change that for anyone just because they're offended or they don't like it or they don't get it. I also love that you were so ahead of the curve because like when you actually think about it, you were saying all these catchphrases, you were saying things that meant something to you. You were in a moment. And then now it's just like, common vernacular like it's actually pretty crazy when you think about it do you think that you did have an influence on current like slang and culture i definitely do i i think that you know season five we definitely saw a lot of mm -hmm. slang and terminologies i mean my mother Alyssa edwards i think she's very known for her lexicon and her isms but i think i took that a step further and not really necessarily on purpose. It just happens that the way I talk and the way I speak when I'm in drag and in the drag scene is really extra. And I think people like extra. I think people watch Drag yes. Race because they're maybe afraid to be that bold and that brave. And when they see me and they see someone who's confident and comfortable in their skin, it gives them permission to be the same way. So, you know, I see a lot okay. of memes of people like, oh, here's another white gay talking like Laganja. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
I'm proud of that. I think it's a really special thing that I did and uh, that I brought forward to the culture. And I love, you know, hearing my lexicon, even in straight arenas, you know, I think, come on, insert whatever has become yes. such a thing. I, I hear that all the time now. So, you know, I'm very proud. I'm very proud that I stuck to my guns. I stuck to, to stuck to who I was and never really, uh, you know, faltered because it wasn't popular. I totally agree. And I love that you are who you're, are and I love that like looking back on it like those types of phrases are now like in our vernacular now thank you so much TJ for writing that message next up we have a message from Hernando Hernando says hi Ganja hi Joe my name is Hernan and I'm from a little country in South and Latin America called Uruguay which technically means European. So sorry if my English doesn't translate. I've been such a fan for years now, always keeping up with you both. I hope I get the chance to meet you someday. Me too, Hernan. Um, a little tea from last week's All Glowed Up Runway. Trinity was one of the guests on Roscoe's viewing party, and she stated that Raja's look cost her $15,000. And it was a consignment, so she had to return it to the designer after she presented it on the runway, even though she paid the designer to make it. I don't know how I feel about that. Don't know if it's a common thing. So please educate me so I can wrap up my mind. To wrap this email up now, I would like to know, to Ganja, how do you feel about the queens having to invest so much money on Drag Race and they don't know if they're going to make the money back? To Joe. Seeing you invest in the drag world, have you ever considered doing drag? Anyways, thank you both so much for giving the people content and hours of entertainment, happiness, and joy, which are very necessary in these times. A very warm and kind hug from down south. H. Aww. So, Ganja, how do you feel? Like, do you feel that when these queens go on the show and they invest all this money on Drag Race, do you think that, like, getting it back is in their heads like what's in their minds do you think well first i want to say that your english translated very well so yeah don't don't be fearful there we completely understood you and you spoke very eloquently so good job on that second i would say you know um most girls i do not believe are purchasing things on consignment i believe most girls are investing the money in their clothes because they're going to want to wow. wear their clothes after the show to do photo shoots to wear at meet and greets so I, I think that that was definitely a unique example uh that we saw with raja there Thirdly, for me, that's one of the main reasons I don't go back to All Stars is because of how much you have to <laughs> invest into the looks. And the truth of the matter is you will make it back. It is true. I absolutely believe that most girls do make back what they spend, but it's still just such a huge commitment. And one of the things that I would love to see the show do is give everybody the same budget. So let's say $10,000 per contestant, and then it would be up to the contestants to figure out a way to finagle and mm. work within that budget. I think that that would be sort of even out the, the playing ground. Um, but yeah, you know, I think at the end of the day, these girls invest and they make it back and props to them. You know, it's, it's up to each individual on what they want to do. But for me personally, I'm not going to invest $25,000 on uh, a potential, you know, being sent home first. Obviously the season was different and no one got sent home, which I think is really great because we got to see all of their investments come to life. Yes. But for me, I don't know that that format is going to stay that way. And so I just wouldn't risk that. I finally created a savings account for the first time ever last year. <gasps> and I'm trying to keep it that way. <laughs> oh, 
Ooh, I love that. I also love that, like, thinking about it, like, these queens are going into this. They are spending so much money and then they want to do use these looks afterwards because also, like, if there's a killer look, the fans want to see that on a tour, on a runway, on a show. They, like, they love seeing that. And to answer your question about me ever doing drag, um, I've been put in drag couple of times it has not been the cutest thing i believe if somebody could do my makeup correctly maybe so so laganja are you should we do that sometime when you're here we see what it looks like i mean i wouldn't consider myself a makeup artist so i don't know if i'll be any better than the other times you've been put in drag but i'm definitely willing to give it a go the first time I was ever put in drag, I was probably 21 years old. And my friend Trevor, he was so excited. He was like, I want to put you in drag. Literally, if you were to take how you look right now, change your hair to brown. I'm an old Jewish woman. And then change your makeup to look like you age like 40 years. That's exactly what I looked like. So that's kind of scared me away. Yeah, yeah. Understandably. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for that email. And the last email we have is from Sophie. She says, hi, Joseph and Laganja. Just wanted to write and say how much I love listening to Queening Out. I'm an ICU nurse and listening to podcasts on my way home from work helps me de-stress and Queening Out days are my favorite. Laganja, I love watching your YouTube videos and seeing you out there living your truth. Please come to Australia and perform. We would love it. I struggle with depression, anxiety, and OCD, so relaxation is really difficult for me, and I don't feel like I have many close friends. My question is, how do you both deal with stress, and what are your favorite self-care strategies? Unfortunately, weed isn't legal here. Keep up the amazing work, Sophie. Well, thank you so much, Sophie, for writing in. I was actually supposed to come to Australia in August, Aww. but unfortunately it fell through. So I will have to catch you another time. For me, the way that I cope with my anxiety and depression is definitely hot yoga. I know I've mentioned that before on the show, Ooh. but I just want to keep stressing that that's a really great way to kind of take your mind outside of your body because it is so hot in the room. And it also is, you know, physically re releasing endorphins. So I believe in hot yoga. I believe in going on hikes in nature. I believe in Netflix and chill. I believe in under eye patches. I believe in a good skincare routine. I believe in smoking cannabis, which as you said, you obviously can't get there. <laughs> um, but there's many different ways that I think as humans, we can, we can counterbalance our, natural uh, tendencies to feel anxiety. And so I think it's different for every person, you know, I mean, even for me, um, listening to somebody like India Ari, she's an incredible mm. artist. She has an album called Medication. That's a beautiful, beautiful album that I like to listen to when I'm stressed out. There's one song called Chicken Soup for the Soul. I highly suggest it. I also highly suggest a bowl of chicken noodle soup. I think that that really Ooh. helps me calm down. So lots of ways to really combat, like I said, those natural tendencies to have fear. Yeah, I, I will agree with you 100%, Laganja. I actually just started up. This was my second week of yoga. Um, it wasn't hot yoga, but we've been doing the yoga yoga, and then we'll eventually get, get there. to the hot. We'll get there. But I will say that the, after the second week, every single time I have left my yoga class, which has literally just been finding something on my phone, 
and just literally putting it over here in this corner and doing a yoga class with somebody on my phone, actual instructors, finding things. It is so easy, I will say, to be able to find actual little classes, little things that you can do, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, just go on YouTube, type it in. These things don't cost money and literally just get into your own zen. I used to hate yoga, I used to hate meditation. The thought of actually just putting myself in one environment and not thinking scared me. But after doing it these two weeks, I have never been more sound in my mind, never been more sound in who I am as a human being. And I look forward to doing it the next day. And when you can actually get on that little wavelength, like it means so much. So I will say 100% that yoga has helped me with this depression and anxiety. I will also say, like you said, you don't have close friends and that weed isn't a comfort factor. Find something that you do love, whether it be painting, whether it be walking outside on the treadmill, whatever it is, like find one little thing you like and then make it so much better. Because at the end of the day, we all are striving. We all are trying to be our best individual selves. And the only way to do that is to be able to tap into the things that we like and love. So that's what I will say for you. I will also say writing things down, getting a little journal, getting a little book, even if it's just like, Today I felt like shit. And then the next day is today I felt great. Just so you have this in a little like actual book. So then that way you can look back on it. You know what? I ate fucking seven chicken tenders this day and I felt like shit. Maybe that's the reason why you felt like shit. Like actually look into how you were feeling. And I will say that that's what's honestly been helping me. I have like a little journal right here that I write in every day. Like those things are extremely helpful. Now, I just want to know, though, who eats chicken tenders and feels like shit? That's what that's my good. Food. Not that's me, my because I feel great every time I eat them. <laughs> me too, baby. Popeyes for the win. Oh, Popeyes for the win. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Spicy all the way. Do you have a favorite sauce? I like their blackened ranch. Ooh, yes. That and the Mardi Gras mustard. Literally. Oh, yeah. Uh, see, Laganja, now you got me wanting fucking Popeyes tonight. I know, I want oh. it too. I'm like, can I grab Puppet over here? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, we are going to take a break and we are going to get into all of those beautiful talent show performances right back on Queening Out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, you guys, we are back, back, back again with Queening Out. It's your girl, Miss Laganja Astranja. And here with me is my fabulous co-host, Joseph Shepard. Joseph Shepard. That's right. Laganja, I would love to know, we're in the last two episodes of All Stars 7. RuPaul comes out and he says, you know what, girls? This last challenge is worth three legendary legend stars. Now, if you were actually in the competition, do you think that you would feel that this was fair or unfair? 
I mean, didn't seem highly produced, and it was like a obvious chance for Shea Coulee to win and like get up on the top. It did. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, all's fair in RuPaul's Drag Race, baby. There are no rules. There are no rhymes or reasons. And you just got to go with it. And honestly, if it was me and I knew it was a talent show, I'd be like, well, I'm totally in the top then because I'm definitely winning this challenge. <laughs> I also love I was watching um, Bob and uh, Vanjie on, I guess, Purse First. And literally Bob was like, Jinx could have come out and just like farted on the track and everybody would have been okay with it. She would have gotten through like she's literally in. It doesn't matter right now. And I was like, that would have been so funny. Like Jinx just doing something so out of the line. But yes, it is RuPaul's Drag Race. We have three stars up for BAP. First out of the box was Trinity the Tuck. She came out with a little Southern Hospitality, which was a song of hers. And she was in a little hoedown number. She pulls off the Daisy Dukes. She has some plaid number underneath. And then at top of all that, at the very end when she was done, she got poured with a whole lot of ice cold tea on herself by some male dancers. How did you feel about this number, Laganja? You know, I felt it was very safe. I got to be honest. I liked it. It was cute. But it did feel safe to me. It wasn't necessarily the most memorable. I really felt like the gag at the end with getting wet should have been in the middle and then it should have gone into like Mm. a hype mix and she should have whipped her hair around and been all wet. And like, I thought it was just kind of like a weird way to end the number because usually when we see girls douse themselves with water, it's like so that it can be like even more and they can take it to the next level. And I felt like it was just kind of like a gag at the end and it was like okay now i'm wet and i can't do anything you know so that was a little disappointing um but i did like the song i thought the song was really cute and catchy i loved the whole theme the whole vibe but overall it felt pretty safe to me yeah i kind of feel the same way i feel like she went for an area which she knew that she could excel in but she didn't push herself to the extreme um so all in all i think that she did a good job but like you said i feel like it was a very safe number next up we had miss shay coulee she performed i believe it was called your name and actually like looking into it one of my favorite musicians actually made this track for her and with her sam sparrow don't know if you guys know who that is but he had this song back years ago called black and gold he has a beautiful 80s and 90s album that came out a few years ago Literally, he killed this track. She killed this. But I guess that my question during this whole show was, who was singing live and who was not singing live? Because even if a girl were to have a microphone or a headset or whatever it was, it felt to me like there were some tracks that were heavily auto-tuned or heavily like reverbed. And there were some tracks that were you could hear people's breaths. So do you think that people were predominantly lip syncing or singing? Like, was that added after? What do you think? Yeah, I think the only two that actually sang live were Jinx and Monet. I definitely Mm -hmm. think this was what we call canned. It was canned music. Um, I really love the song. I love Shay as a musical artist and as someone who doesn't like to sing live myself. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, Britney Spears never really sang live for her whole career. So I think, you know, lip syncing to your own track that's been perfectly auto-tuned is 
totally acceptable. Um, but I do believe that because she didn't sing live, to me, this didn't come off as the top two. I'm just going to be honest. Um, you know, I really loved it. I thought she looked amazing. Will I play the song in my car? 100%. Did she nail mm -hmm. the choreography? Yes. Was it the hardest choreography of the night? 100%. But I just felt when looking in the lineup, it wasn't my top two. I'm just going to be honest. Now, I'm grateful that she was in the top two because I really did see her in the final four. But it just felt a little too produced. That's all I'm saying. It felt a little too like, okay, and now we're going to give her this and we're going to do three stars and she'll be able to make it. And in that aspect, it felt a little bit unfair to me to some of the other contestants who have been keeping a higher track record. But at the end of the day, I am glad to see her in the top four. However, however she got there, I'm glad she got there. And I do believe that she definitely killed it and was in the top that night. I'm just not for sure it was my top two. I will agree with you there. I think that it is just a very hard line in distinguishing like talent because at the end of the day, like you said, she's not singing live, but she is dancing. This was a song that she did. She's doing different things. She had a telephone booth and all of these different props and she made it a great performance. But does that actually equate to talent in the grand scheme of things? And it's like when you do have people like Jinx and Monet who are singing live and they are hitting those notes, does that equate to higher or lower than what Shay was? So right. I will totally agree with you there. I think that she did kill her performance. I wish that she would have at least sung over her track. So then that way you would have at least heard a little bit of a vocal and I would have been like, okay, you know there what? There it is, exactly. Like, Yes, Britney Spears can hit all of her moves, but you know what? She went out for a great performance. It was a great dance choreography, and I heard her voice over the track. Like, you would be, okay, cool, wonderful. But for me, like you said, it wasn't in the top two of the performances. Next up, we had Jada Essence Hall. She was lip singing her song, Look Over There. What did you think about Miss Jada? You know, I loved Jada's look. I loved her vibe. I loved the choreography. I thought the song was super catchy. Um, but again, for me, it felt a little bit safe. Uh, I, I mm -hmm. definitely felt like she kind of was in the middle. As someone who was watching this, I definitely took note to myself. If I were to ever do this, not that I'm going to, but if I were, you know, I think if you're going to do an original song, you do have to perform it live. You do have to yes. have that live vocal or otherwise it just becomes safe and you blend in with all the other girls who are doing their original tracks and lip syncing. Um, I do think that it was better than uh, Trinity's. I do. I think the song was catchier. It was more my vibe of yes. the song. And definitely the whole aesthetic was more my vibe. So I definitely vibed with it more. But I still would put her in kind of the safe category. I agree with you. I think that the song was great, but there wasn't anything that was really pulling me into the song. The look over there and movement as she went like left to the right, it was cute and it was there. But at the same time, like I was looking at things in a whole. And when I talked to Jinx this past week, I was like, I really loved your witch, like glowing, like, you know, look. And she told me she was like, oh, I'm really glad that you liked it. I actually was going to do a full witch look for the reveal outfit. That's and she what was I like, Yeah. And she was like, but the thing is, is that when. I talked to like my designer or whatever. We were like, let's just like break this up because we didn't want to give somebody witch already for the reveal and then witch again. 
and Jean, I mean, um, Jada for her TikTok challenge, she did the look over there and then she did the look over there again. So like, I do think that there's a bit of like being repetitive in itself and it's like, what is different or what is not different? I think that she killed it though in her dance moves, the choreography, everything that she had. I really do wish that she would have sang live. Um, but like you said, it's middle of the pack. You're not actually standing out. So I will agree with everything that you said. Definitely. I, I hear you. You know, it's good to be on brand. It's good to have catchphrases, but it's also good to provide variety. So if you've hit yeah. something on the head already, maybe you want to switch it up. Exactly. Next up, we had the UK singer, Miss The Vivian. She's saying a bitch on heels. It was apparently written by Diane, <laughs> Diane Warnick. I was like, what is going on? How did she get this done? Um, I thought that it was a really good song. I just like we've said before, I just really wish she would have sung live. Totally. I mean, for me, I got to admit, I think this was probably my favorite of the original songs from the girls. Yes. Obviously, now knowing who it's written by, I'm like, well, that makes sense. She's a hit writer. Um, yes. I thought it was really flushed out. I thought she looked really amazing. I loved her choreography. It definitely was in the top of the safe girls for me. It was safe, mm -hmm. but it was in the top of the safe girls for me. I agree. I think that she did a very good job. The song was very catchy. Um, she did a great job with her backup dancers. But like you just said, like it was very safe. And mm, and there it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, next up, we had Jinx Monsoon, and she ended up singing live. It was a more of like a, um, a vocal ballad, and she put her all into that. Um, I actually heard her voice, so I was very happy with hearing that. And then in the end, she ended up deep-throating the microphone. <laughs> How did you feel, Laganja? Uh, this is the other person that I definitely would have placed in the top two. I, I just thought she was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought this was a real showcase of her talent. She looked incredible. That dress was so mm -hmm. beautiful, so well tailored to her body. And then, you know, she just has such an incredible stage presence and her vocals matched that. So for me, this was definitely in the top. I agree with you 100%. I think that singing live and being able to hold your own without any backup track. She literally was just going straight at it. She delivered a performance. It is Jinx, it's who she is. I think that she and my personal, out of all of these top eight, like I would say that she was in my top two. I think Me she too. did a really good job. And that outfit on her looked flawless. That blue on her, like please, blue, that little light turquoise blue with that beautiful orange hair, keep doing that. That literally looks stunning on you. Um, my top two, I would say. Absolutely. Hands down. Well, next up, we had Evie Oddly. She did a full lip sync number. She came out in a box, and I thought that the person dragging the box was her, but it wasn't. She was in the box. She pops out. She does a full um, choreographed number. There are full kicks and splits and everything that you could expect. What did you think? You know, I thought it was really great. I thought she showcased her talent. Absolutely. Not only her, not only her contortion style, but uh, just her overall physicality that she's able to bring to the stage. I definitely loved the switcheroo at the beginning. I thought that was very clever. Um, you know, I do believe it was safe. I know she was in the higher rankings, but for me, it was still safe. Uh, not the most mm -hmm. memorable, except that original gag of 
not expecting it to be her coming out of the box. Um, but I like that she pushed herself and, you know, she spoke a lot about her physical ailments and, you know, the fact that she pushed herself and pushed her body to do that, I thought spoke a lot about herself and spoke more importantly about her talent and the fact that she really commits to her physicality as a performer. I agree with you. I think that the thing that like set her apart was when they had the TikTok lunch and she was talking about those ailments, because I think that a lot of people don't necessarily know like what it is. And she has EDS, which is Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is basically it's like comes hereditarily, it comes genetic and the skin is extremely stretchy. Your bones and everything, the connective tissues in between your actual bones are a lot different than what a normal person would be. So like the rubbing and how it actually works against the ligaments and everything is a lot more complex. You are overly flexible, but you do have a lot of pain and a lot of things that you will not be able to keep doing this forever. While you may be extremely flexible in this moment when you're in twenties, you're not going to be extremely flexible when you're in your forties or fifties. And I think that seeing her the Tic Tac lunch and her kind of like break down a little bit, it really did like, like it did struck me. And I feel she did a great job at what she did. The dance was great. Everything was there. But once again, like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me just wanting a live vocal or a live performance. And, you know, I always think too, I'm like, singers these days, they will gladly go back in the studio, record a live track and then that will be played at their concert or tour like beyonce is not singing live 80 percent of the time it's a track that she recorded in a tour like you know in the studio where it sounds live so i wish that some of the girls would have done this but at the end of the day you know what can you do she killed it lip syncing she killed it in her dance moves i give it up for evie but like you said middle of the pack yeah for sure Next up, we had Raja. She did some little Bali and Indonesian dancing. I will say that my opinion is I think she did a great job. However, I don't know if any of you guys have watched Real Housewives of New York, but Ramona Singer was given the gift and the privilege in the early seasons of walking a runway. And when she walked this Fashion Week runway, she, her eyes the whole time were like bug eyes. And she was like, and that's how I felt about <laughs> Raja. I felt like she killed it in her dance moves, but her eyes were just like, like they were so big and so there. And it just felt like her face wasn't fully into the dance. And I know that, that can be a very hard thing. I am not a dancer. I cannot fucking take a move. That's why I'm like Laganja. If I ever put out a track and we need to have lovely choreography you're gonna do it and i'll photoshop my head on your body i cannot um but there was something about the face wasn't fully there with the body and i think that that's what really took me away i think that it was a beautiful dance great that she represented her culture and where she was from she called it out and she said this was the only dance that is done by both male and female dancers so i did enjoy that but it was the face that wasn't there for me 
Yeah, absolutely. I understand where you're coming from. You know, I don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to Indonesian dance. I do, however, have a lot of knowledge when it comes to Indian dance. I was actually on an Indian dance troupe uh, my freshman year of high school. And then um, later in my senior year, when I became a, a young arts winner, Uh, I was placed with a lot of Indian dancers. So I got to see that type of dance done up close. And what makes Indian dance to me so remarkable is the expressions on the face. There are definitely big eyes, but then they also do other things with their eyes to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Raja didn't really fully capture that. She definitely brought a beautiful cultural reference to the show and educated so many young minds, which I think is so important. And I definitely think she showcased her talent. You know, it takes a lot of talent to do these uh, specific cultural dances. But I, I did feel overall, and maybe it was the way it was edited, right? That we were just mm-hmm. getting big bug eyes. We didn't necessarily get a lot of storytelling with her face besides the bug eye. And I and I wish we could have seen more micro expressions with her mouth, with her nostrils flaring. I mean, these are things, like I said, that I know are typically done in Indian dance. So maybe it is different for Indonesian dance. But I I, I felt there was something a little bit lacking. However, I still place her in my higher ups because she brought something different and she brought something that no one else could do. And that to me is talent. I agree. I agree. And last up, we have Miss Monet Exchange, she had her opera singing. It was pulled out apparently last minute from what I read. She apparently was going to sing a song from her um, upcoming album, but she changed it within the last episode. So I guess she changed it last minute. Um, And I think that it was a great choice that she changed it last minute. She blew me away. I had no idea that that voice could come from Monet Exchange. I am also very disappointed that Monet questioned her ability to be able to perform so well. Like, she's kept this in the closet for so long. She hasn't performed. She went to school for this. And I really, like, I hate that us as a culture sometimes, we believe that we can do something so great. And then we get disinfluenced by the people around us or the criticism that we have around us and then you kind of like put that in a little bottle and you don't want to visit it again and it's like that's how I felt about Monet like I feel like she like tucked it away didn't necessarily know what was it for now she's doing drag and then once she brought it out it's like bitch yes thank you you fucking killed it and I'm so glad that people are so receptive to this because So many times us as performers or individuals or entertainers, we believe that we may have something or we may have a talent and it may be taken down so many notches, but that moment you fully dive yourself into and you exude it, I'm so glad she did that. So this was a the number one performance for me tonight, like top, 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 top. Loved it. I'm so glad that she changed her mind last minute. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. She was fucking fabulous. This is the definition of showcasing your talent. I think it is so beautiful to see someone in full drag sing that low. I understand why she would feel like the way she did and she would block this and not allow this because she didn't want to be seen as something more masculine when dressed as a feminine uh, entity. But I thought it was 
it was just phenomenal. She's so talented. She nailed it 100%. Everyone should go and download the single because she did record it for us. Yes. And you should continue to show her your support because I would totally go see her in a full operatic concert doing oh, this yes. in drag. I mean, I totally would. I just think it is so special, so unique, and uh, definitely my favorite performance of the night, 100%. She was flawless. I could not agree with you more. She was completely flawless. She totally deserved her win, which we're going to get to in just a second. So you guys, we're going to take a break and we're going to be right back and let you know who the top two are and also who's making it to the top four. Plus, we're going to listen to your voicemails. So we'll be right back. All right, you guys, we are back again with Queening Out. It's your girl, Miss Laganja. You know I've got Joseph over here, and we are reviewing RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 7, and it is time to get down to our top two. Now, the judges decide Ooh. that it is Monet Exchange, which we obviously agreed with, and Shea mm -hmm. Coulee, which after hearing your opinions, Joseph, I think we both felt a little bit like, huh, interesting. Yeah. But nonetheless, I'm so happy that Shay got this award because that awarded her enough stars to make it to the top four. Exactly. Monet and Shay both earned three stars. So they are joining Jinx in the top four. And then RuPaul says, well, girls, there's a tie between Trinity and Jada. They both have three stars each. Monet, since you now have the most stars for winning this challenge, who are you going to bring with you to the top four? And Monet says, Trinity, do you agree? You know, I, I feel like I do, because if I was in Monet's place, she and Trinity had an alliance the whole show, and it would have been so shady of her at the last minute to not give it to her. I mean, I really mm -hmm. wanted to see Jada in the top. You know, I've been touring with her on Work the World, and it wasn't la until last night when she was on the stage telling the people that she didn't make it in the top that it really clicked to me that she didn't make it in the top because in my mind, she definitely deserved to be in the top four. Um, but I do think Monet did what was right, which was give it to her sister, give it to the person she's tied with, and, you know, hopefully this will give them a fair chance to really duel it out and see who is the Queen of Queens. I will say if I was Jada Essence Hall, I would be so fucking furious because I would feel like, you know what? I won three challenges or two and you got to start for free, but I have three stars. I was the first one who thought they were in the final four. I get here and then these girls end up winning three stars each. So then they clearly surpassed me. Trinity clearly deserved it. But at the same time, I just saw Jada in the final four. And to be able to see that look of dismay and displeasure in her face really reminded me of Shangela in All Stars 3 when she was fully out there, ready to give the lip sync performance of her life. And then it ended up being nobody voted for her. And it was just so sad. And I was like, oh, Jada. But we did get our final four. We end up having Shea Coulee, Monet Exchange, Jinx Monsoon, and Trinity the top. But that's not it. RuPaul says the other four girls, the Vivian, 
Jada Essence Hall, Raja, and Evie Oddly get to also lip sync it out for the potential of $49,000 plus Michelle's $1,000 for $50,000. How did you feel about this little like sudden change? You know, I thought it was great. I was so happy that the other girls were given yet another opportunity to redeem themselves. You know, I think that's what's been so great about this season is that we didn't see people go home. They've been given chance after chance. And after all, there are Mm -hmm. winners. So I think they really deserve this. So I'm excited that we're going to get two lip sync uh, battle royales. And I can't wait to see who's going to win each one. Oh, I cannot wait to see how it's going to play out, what songs are going to come up. This was a extremely great season. I really hope that they keep doing the whole format with people not going home for the All-Stars franchises, at least, because I do like seeing these girls be like, you know what? They're down one week, but the next week there's a different challenge and they fucking kill it. And it's like. You know, you can't be all subjected to one little box and one little thing. I guess my one question to you is, Laganja, if somebody is not a lip syncer and they get into these final rounds where there are a lip sync extravaganza phenomenon challenge, do you believe that it should just be based off the lip sync or do you believe that it should be based off the performance as well? That's a good one. Um, You know, I think in fairness, it should be based off the lip sync. I really do. But I am also one for track records. And I think as a judge myself, Mm -hmm. it would be very hard for me to ignore their past record and just be looking at the performance. But we've seen it so many times when someone gives a better performance a.k.a. Eureka, and they don't win Mm -hmm. over the other competitor because of their track record. And it doesn't feel fair because the whole idea of this lip sync thing is that we're judging this moment for this moment. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a drag queen competing on RuPaul's Drag Race, well, mama, your lip syncs better be together. I mean, it's just it's what we do. So there really is no excuse there to me. Um, and if you aren't a great lip syncer, then come up with a gag. I mean, look at what, you know, Sasha Velour did with the rose petals. And I'm not saying she's not a great lip syncer. She is. But she knew in competition with Shay, who was going to pull out all these dance moves, she had to have a gag of her own. And so that's all I'm saying is there are creative ways to be a lip syncer, even if that's not necessarily your format of expertise, being a dancer, being a twister, being a twirler, being a stunt and a showgirl. You know, there's still a way for you to win this lip sync. So, um, yeah, for me, mm-hmm. I think if you're going to be fair, we're going to judge off this moment and this moment only. But again, I could understand why the judges would want to look at track record because it's hard not to after you've sat there for week after week, just like we have doing this podcast, you know? It's why we wanted Jada in the top. Yes. And I think what you said, too, was perfect. Like you said that Sasha being like, you know what? Shay's a great dancer. What can I do to be able to top that? I'm not a great dancer, you know? So she did the rose petals. And it's kind of like how Jinx was in the TikTok challenge. She was like, I can't dance but I can give you peanut butter or whatever and comedy and I'm going to do the best of that. It's literally finding their own lane and being able to excel in that because at the end of the day, you're always going to have a Kennedy Davenport fucking kicking your ass and dancing, but what can you do to be able to outshine? 
So I think that this is gonna be a great final four. We have some great dancers. We have some great lip syncers. We also have some people who aren't known as great dancers or lip singers. So we will have to see how that goes. We are gonna take a break. We are going to finish this podcast off with our inbox, our voicemails, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, you guys, we are back one last time for Queening Out. It is the episode before the grand finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 7. We've got our top four. So excited to see who is going to finally take the crown for queen of all queens. Oh, my God. I can't even I can't even believe we're here. It seems like just yesterday we were doing this podcast. You and me in a room on the top of some random floor with no air conditioning. Yep, I I believe that is actually very accurate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm in a lovely bathroom. So, you know, hey, a bathroom about to go out on the Work the World tour. That's right. Salut, ça va bien, Joseph Shepard and Lagarde Estranja. Bisous de Quebec. So I just said, hey, how are you? Uh, kisses from Quebec. Hi, guys. I'm Joey, and obviously I'm coming to you from Quebec. I've been really wanting to talk about this subject with fellow queer people from, you know, all over the spectrum. So, I'm a queer of a certain age, but you see, I just thought myself, because typically I would, like, identify myself as going, trigger warning, I am a faggot of a certain age. I'm 34, and I was bullied from grade seven all the way to, like, college even. And I went to musical theater college, and there was still homophobia. So I was called the word faggot all the time. Yet, as an adult now, with all my queer friends and my two best friends who are drag queens and all that stuff, we call ourselves this word. We laugh about it. We joke about it. It gives us power and, you know, it makes us claim a word that used to hurt us and destroy us inside. And it's something like that we can use together and know that it's who we are and we're proud of it. Yet, I get a lot of pushback from, like, the younger, I guess, Gen Z, Z, whatever, And it really sucks that, like, I have to explain myself to younger queer people going, why are you using that word? You shouldn't use that word. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. don't fucking tell me a 34-year-old who came out in 2003 when, you know, I walked with the fire at 14 years old in South Florida. You know what I mean? So it's just like, what the fuck? This word is powerful and we've reclaimed it. Like, Willem, Alaska, tons of other drag queens that are very popular in the public, I use this word. So is there any way that you would talk to the younger, the younger queers out there to be like, maybe don't police us older faggots? Like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm sorry that that was a whole word jumble, but I love you both. Laganja, you are so inspiring. I adore you. I'm so glad you're getting your flowers. And Joseph, I wish you the best on your journey. And I hope you both will come to Montreal and, you know, enjoy Quebec. We have some really hot people here in French Canada. 
Anyway, I adore you both. Have a wonderful day, night, whenever you're hearing this. Anyway, bye. Aw, thank you so much. Um, all right, Laganja. They want to know about the F word, the faggot. So how would you explain this to the younger generation? And if this is, do you believe it's correct? Do you believe that people should or should not be saying this? Like, what do you think? I mean, honestly, I would say don't waste your breath. You know, the younger generation, they are all for policing everybody. And look, I think accountability is super important. Absolutely. But I think, you know, even I got policed on my language on RuPaul's Drag Race season six. So, you know, this is something I'm very familiar with. I too love the F word. I too love the T word. And I have my friends where I know I can say it and it's not going to be offensive. And so I do. But in public, like on this podcast or in in other situations where I know there's a mixed audience, I just choose not to use it because I know that it is hurting someone when I do, even Mm -hmm. though it's not intentional. And I too feel that I've reclaimed the word and that it's a powerful word for me. I just don't like to rock the boat. And so it's easier Mm. to just not say it in certain situations, you know, when it comes to dealing with the Gen Z, when it comes to dealing with the public, when it comes to dealing with making content, but yeah, absolutely. Behind closed doors. I use the F word. I use the T word. I mean, you know, for me, especially as a, as a trans woman, you know, I feel very empowered when I use that word. So, uh, I think to each his own, I think at the end of the day, you know, this idea of trying to get rid of these words that have a lot Mm. of negative connotation behind them, isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know? Um, I find it very interesting because as someone who likes to use these words, I can still also understand how this is really hard and how this really can hurt people, you know? So I think at the end of the day, like I said, know your situation, know where you are. And if you're in a place where people are understanding that you're not using it in a, in a negative way, then do it. But if you're in a situation where you don't know the room, I would say just don't use it because it's not worth it, right? It's not worth it to use it mm-hmm. if it's actually going to hurt someone. Even though you're not intentionally trying to, it, it's not worth it to me. So I like to know the room, know the crowd, and, um, you know, go from there. I couldn't agree with you more. You said know the room and know the crowd. And I believe, too, like, if you are in a public space, even if you are with your gay friends, and you say, you know what, you fucking faggot, or however you want to say it, and you are all are joking... If there are straight people around, this is where I think. And if they hear it and they're like, oh, those gay people said it's okay, so I'm going to use it. And then if they were to use that against a gay person, it's not going to be okay. So it kind of comes into a place of like, what is the comfortability and how do you feel as an individual? Yeah, we can say these words. We can feel this way. I love, like you said, like taking a word that was so derogatory against us for so many years and making it into something where we can joke and have fun. But as always, I'm like, bring it back home. Like, if you don't want people saying it to you that are straight, that, you know, they can use it as a derogatory term, then don't say it in those places. Don't say in those public places. If you're with your friends, you're with whatever, and you want to be able to enjoy it, I think so do it. The younger generation is very policey. They do want to be able to tell us, you know, this is what you should and what you shouldn't do. But the one thing that I will say about the younger generation is that learn where the older generation comes from, because there is a reason why they do these things. They've been through a lot of stuff. 
we are so privileged. I will even say myself being able to be 31 years old and being able to be living the life that I'm living. It's all thanks to the older generation. So don't police them fully. Maybe have a conversation with them because at the end of the day, the older generation may be able to teach you something you never knew and vice versa. The younger generation may be able to teach something that you don't know. So I think it's just always about just being communicative. We're all in this fucking, you know, LGBTQIA plus community together. So just being able to join forces is everything. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that is all we have for Queening Out this week. Miss Laganja Strange is about to perform on the stage. Are you ready? I am ready. And make sure you guys are following us on all of our social media. I'm at Laganja Astranja and Joseph is at Joseph A. Shepard. And we will see you next week for the final episode. I can't believe it. The final episode <gasps> of Queening Out. And don't forget, <gasps> if you want us to continue this podcast, leave us some comments and let us know. Let us know. I'm Joseph Shepard. It's Laganja Estranja. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.